Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. I've seen a lot of the Magic fan base down at the moment. Orlando can't seem to string a win streak together, and we haven't made up ground in the play-in chase. We've lost ground, in fact, after a disappointing home loss to the Bucks, who were without Giannis Adetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. Jonathan Isaac had another lower body surgical procedure and is out for the rest of the season. And Isaac may never wear a Magic jersey again. It's certainly a possibility. With that said, I want to bring some optimism to the table. I just don't want to hear any more tanking BS. This team is in the playing hunt. We are. I don't care that we're four and a half games back now. We're not technically dead until it's mathematically over. And even if the Magic miss out on the play-in, we're still going to have respectable odds of our draft pick jumping into the top four. It's a win-win situation in my eyes. Watch guys like Paolo and Franz grow in these added pressure games and situations. Evaluate the roster. Evaluate Mosley and the coaching staff. Evaluate the training and athletic staff on top of that. And we're going to have a better idea of our needs come the offseason. That's all stuff that tanking won't accomplish. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, we are recording this Tuesday night, March 7th, uh, after the Magic just lost at home to the Milwaukee Bucks. Not going to recap any of the recent games. We really should have beat Indiana here at home when we didn't. Should have beat Portland here, but we let Damian Lillard take it from us at the end. Yes, Zach Zarba still sucks in the last two-minute reports. Served no purpose. Our perimeter defense was atrocious, and we got beat at home tonight to a Bucks team without Giannis Adetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. I know we haven't had Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris for the past few games, but we, we really can't lose these type of games. There is a stomach bug going around town, and that's the only thing I can think of that would lead us with, or that would leave us to having such a lack of, I guess, cohesive urgency on defense. But we're now four and a half games out of the play-in. The Pistons almost did a huge favor, but the Wizards literally won on a buzzer-beating putback by Daniel Gafford to beat the Pistons. So we're four and a half games out of the play-in. Penny, any quick thoughts on this Bucks loss or any of the other uh, recent games I just mentioned? I I mean, disappointing, I think, is the overall uh, theme and thought and we will get into this, I'm sure, in another podcast. It's not quite time yet, but there's there's a discussion to be had about uh, a further discussion to be had about Mosley and some of the in-game decisions. Uh, you know, I mean, players are getting good experience during the stretch. I guess the coaching staff is too, but some of this is... Uh, uh, borderline inexcusable and certainly next season will be inexcusable. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about him now, but I thought Michael Carter Williams should have gotten bowl bulls minutes tonight in a game that 
offense again isn't a big problem for us. Like we're getting, you know, we're getting the free throw line. Maybe we, but we're, you know, we're not hitting free throws that great. But I mean, we're getting the free throw line. We we're not sharing the ball that great. It could be, it could be a little bit better. Um, but I mean, even you know, the Magic were doing it in spurts. Like Mo Wagner was scoring a bunch in the first quarter. Then it was like Paolo in the second, and then it was, or actually, well, it was really Franz more in the second, and then it was Fultz in the second half really trying to drag us back and just perimeter defense is a problem. I know you pointed out tonight that like Jalen Suggs is kind of gambling on the perimeter. Didn't pay off when usually, I mean, basically he looked like Terrence Ross on defense tonight and you can't have that. Whereas Suggs typically when he's gambling this much, like he, he does fairly well as far as getting steals and deflections and it didn't really go well for him tonight. Uh, but the whole just perimeter defense was terrible because we, we don't have a shot blocking presence down there, you know, between Moritz and um, and Goga Bataze. Like they both had fairly decent games, but they're not, you know, shot blocking rim protectors. And even if we did have a shot blocking rim protector, I don't think it would have made a big difference because our perimeter defense would just let Milwaukee do everything. Like Chris Middleton had 11 assists tonight. <laughs> like that's they were just sharing the ball like crazy. And I know Joe Ingles is a really, really good pick and roll player, but like he, he looked like prime Joe Ingles and not like a, a still recovering off surgery, Joe Ingles. Um, I don't know. Biggest gripe tonight for you, Penny. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't, we're missing two starters, but to just overall to not take advantage of uh, Drew holiday and Giannis being out, I, my thought, I I didn't think that we would make it into the top 10 to make the play-in, um, but these types of home wins, you know, keep you in the hunt that much longer. So uh, just disappointing that it didn't see, it seemed like the, the level of play matched the available bodies for the Bucks and that doesn't account for kind of their experience and championship pedigree. And also the fact that uh, Brooke Lopez has transformed himself into a defensive monster in the last couple of years too. Right. So the last, since the last podcast episode, uh, Michael Carter Williams is back. He re- he's, he's returned. Uh, we signed him to a two season deal. I don't want to say two year deal. Cause it's basically literally the last few months of this season with, uh, the second year or the second season being a team option. So we can waive him this off season for nothing if we want to. So he's taken the fifth and final roster spot. Um, April 14th of 2021 was the last time Michael Carter Williams played an NBA regular season game with the magic or, or anyone for that matter. So it's, it's been a, close to two years. Um, you know, he was waived by the magic, Last year, February 10th of 2022, after the Bull Bull trade uh, because of Michael Carter-Williams' injuries. And he's 31 years old. He's the oldest player on the team. Uh, I think we badly needed another veteran. And, I mean, he fits the bill as far as a guy who doesn't need minutes, but he's very familiar with the magic. Like, he was a huge reason why we made that playoff, that run to the playoffs in 2019. So he knows kind of what a somewhat successful magic franchise looks like. 
Uh, Penny, do we like this signing? Uh, you know, I think the only gripes concerns I heard was about Kevon Harris not being converted, but I mean, the opportunity is going to be there for Kevon in the off season for, you know, if the magic are looking to fill roster spots, like he could be someone that gets upgraded from a, from a two-way contract to a normal NBA contract. But, um, you know, Michael Carter Williams still hasn't stepped on the floor yet for Jamal Mosley, and I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet. But what are your uh, MCW thoughts? Um, I think it's fine. There's a overlap, for, you know, with what half the roster at this point from his previous stint. So uh, clearly, the primary objective here is to have a veteran voice in the locker room. Uh, and there is some value, I guess, in that he has been here before on a playoff team also has the previous experience of being a standout rookie and then navigating a career to this point. Uh, my question to you is over under one minute of playing time for MCW the rest of the way. And I would take the under, Oh, you don't think he plays at all. No, I, he's, you got to give him like a minute at least, man. Like I think I'm definitely taking the over and I definitely think he's going to play at some point this week, he's going to play it, it, you know, either the Utah game or the Miami game. Like, I think we're going to see him on the floor, hopefully not in like a blowout loss situation, but I think we're definitely going to see Michael Carter Williams on the floor. But why do you think he's not going to get any playing time? Uh, I, he has turned himself into a small forward at this point in his career, technically. Uh, so you're going to slot him in already behind chuma who's out of the rotation currently so i mean barring injury i think i i just don't see him touching the floor uh be interested to see on the road trip though because you never know who's going to be available body wise right so i think so part of the reason why mcw picked up all these injuries was because we tried to bulk them up and make them into a small forward um for their steve clifford teams and yeah, it's it's one of those where I think he's back as a, as a guard. Like I think he's actually like the third point guard. Like I don't I don't I haven't seen any comment about what his role potentially is, but I think he's the third point guard at this point. Um going back more further to what he was as like a rookie of the year type uh player when he was when he won that award with the Sixers. Obviously it's been a very long time since then. It's been over it's been a decade exactly since he won that, but um yeah, I him I don't want him as a small forward. Like I'd rather if he's going to see the floor, like he's going to see the floor either in garbage time or if you know, if for some reason Markell or Cole is out, like I could see MCW being getting some on the ball minutes. But you know, maybe that that's a mistake, maybe it's not, but I think that's why he's he's on the roster, not anyone else because I think it's a waste to bring him and then not play him at all. Like it's I always your think voice, it's, your voice carries more weight when you're also able to do something on the floor. Right. That's, that's the other big thing. Like, you know, I'm not expecting him to start or be in, even in like, again, like the, like a not the 10 man rotation or nine man rotation, but like, he's got to play a little bit. Like otherwise it, it's, it's an, it's a Udonis Haslam situation and he doesn't have that much of a, of a presence franchise wise does MCW, but, um, yeah, I I think he's gonna play. I'm very surprised he did not play in this Bucks loss tonight. Like I thought this would have been the game. Um, 
And because I mean, Goga has worked out so far. I think can can we agree that Goga has actually looked pretty good as the third string center? Uh, he yeah, for a third string center, yes, it's passable performance for sure. Because I mean, he's he's filling a need as as Goga as far as just somebody that's kind of crashing the the boards and just he's had more alley oops than I thought he was gonna get <laughs> and alley oop <laughs> finishes. Like he's got good hands and. I'm look, he's not in there as a shot blocking presence. He's there to kind of bang, and that's that's what you're getting from him. So he's I, I think he's done about as well as you can expect in that position. But with MCW, like would you have preferred if somebody else was was in the fifth man spot or just not care at this point? I I mean, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. All right, so after that big road win that we had in New Orleans, thanks to Paolo's 22nd half points, uh, the Magic finished their third consecutive month with a 500 or better record. So in December, we went 8-7. and seven. In January, we went 7-7. Seven and seven. In February, we went 6-5. and five. And that's just not a small thing for us coming off of that 5-20 and 20 start to have three consecutive months or 500 or better play. We got some catching up to do this month of March at this point because it's uh, it's going to be quite a feat if we pull that off. If we hit 500 or better in this month of March, uh, we we might have a shot at the plan, but it's it's not looking great at the moment. But um, anyway, feeding into that, Paolo Bancaro won Rookie of the Month for the month of February which marked the third straight time that he won the monthly honor. He joins uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who did it four times uh, as uh, in a row as the only Magic players ever to accomplish this feat. And so, you know, after this Bucks game tonight, Paolo has played 59 games this season. His scoring average is basically at 20 points per game tonight. And I don't know, if he never played another game the rest of the season, Penny, do you think he'd win Rookie of the Year? Do you want to see him get to, I don't know, 62 games or a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I there's been some chatter about other guys uh, throughout the year, but it's just head and shoulders, I think, Paolo above the rest of the rookie class. So even if he didn't add anything more to his tally, uh, hard to believe they could give the award to anyone but him, from my perspective. Yeah, I think as long as he gets to like, I think sixty-two games play. So if he plays like three more games, and he's, you know, he's still playing. He's out. He got twenty points tonight, so his scoring point average is exactly at twenty points per game. Um, it, it's his. Uh, it's it. It's been his award to lose all season, and I don't see him coughing it up to to anybody else. Like I've heard, you know, like you said, there's been rumblings about guys like even like, what is it? Uh. Uh, Walker Kessler, Keegan Murray, the Benedict Matherin talk kind of faded away. Um, was it Jaden? Uh, Jaden? Uh, yeah, Ivy from Detroit, I think, was somebody that's kind of making a late push. I think I'm missing missing another guy, but I, I think it's Paolo that it, it's his. Like it, as long as he does, you know, he doesn't suffer an injury like against Utah, and nobody goes absolutely insanely berserk the last month of the season. Like I, I think you know, I, I'm about 99.9% certain it's Palos at this point. So, um, all right, let's talk some Jonathan Isaac stuff. So Adrian Wojnarowski on Friday broke the news that Jonathan Isaac was going to be out the rest of the season after he had surgery that morning to repair a torn abductor muscle in his left uh, hip gro- slash groin area. So, 
this is not the right leg where he had hamstring sur- uh yeah the hamstring surgery last year this is the left leg which suffered those devastating injuries in 2020 uh the surgery was on his left inner thigh muscle and that MRI that had been conducted last Wednesday revealed the injury after he felt discomfort following uh, that previous day's road practice in Milwaukee. So um, he last played February 23rd in that late Pistons magic win where uh, we, you know, Wendell beat the buzzer and we won, thankfully. But we had rested Isaac two full games after he played 16 minutes, 28 seconds against Detroit, which was a season high for him at and I guess shout out to J.I.'s pastor for the completely healed jinx. I think I called that biting us in the ass later on, and it did. Maybe you know, you know, maybe maybe way too sooner than even I would have expected. But um, Isaac's twenty five years old. He played eleven games this season: five points per game, four rebounds per game, one point two steals per contest, and eleven point three minutes per game. I already mentioned that last game he played against the Pistons. He, it was a season high of 16 minutes, 28 seconds. Isaac was the sixth pick in the 2017 draft. He's played 147 career regular season games, so he hasn't even gotten to two full seasons worth of regular season games. Isaac has been the largest annual – yeah, he has had the largest annual salary on our roster books for a few years now since Otto Porter Jr.'s expiring contract, and – I'm going to give you the uh, the Jeff Weltman quote here. Uh, Our thoughts are with Jonathan, whose fortitude in dealing with adversity is unique. Uh, Jonathan has worked extremely hard to return to the court this season and has demonstrated his impact on our team. We will be by his side as he focuses on the work ahead, end quote. Um, if the Magic wave him in the offseason – then we're only on the hook for around seven of the remaining $17 million next season. I think Jeff is going to, will finally wave. I think he, I think Jeff's going to wave him. Um, It seems like it's time. Also, you can sign a guy in a mid-level exception size contract with that extra 10 million that would become available, or you can hunt for a big talent, be it through free agency or through sign and trade with our with added salary cap space. So, you know, if we maybe we'll even explore and get like an injury retirement exemption, like we did with Timothy Mozgov, um, which would be an even bigger salary cap wise move, because then there's none of that $17 million counts against our salary cap going forward. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, he's got Isaac's going to have some big decisions. Like, does he want to go through the rehab? Like, I remember when he like first came back, he had that Jeff Turner interview where, you know, he's talking about well, like obviously there was a lot of doubt through his head going through all the rehabs and all that. Um, you know, does he want to go through this again, or is he going to go be like a full time pastor writer and get on the Fox News payroll? I, you know, I don't know. Or he's going to go rehab, but. It it can't be for the full seventeen million dollars salary. Like he's made over fifty million dollars in lifetime magic salary earnings. Like he's already financially set. Go use that money for something better. Like go rehab. Waltham can even bring him back. You know, a full year after he's been waived for like the team. You know, the vet minimum. If our team is that desperate to have Ji around, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, viewpoints on the Ji stuff, Penny? 
I mean, it's regardless of anything else, I think it's obviously disappointing for both the team and for him personally. Uh, certainly showed a lot of the potential and the flashes and the limited minutes that he was uh, allowed to and able to play before breaking down again. We talked about it before the start of the season that you really can't count on him. You can't pencil in anything at all from him. Uh, and, and certainly that rings even more true at this point after another injury setback. I personally, I don't see, uh, I don't see the magic cutting ties at this point, um, which sounds counterintuitive maybe when you lay out the financial ramifications of it. But I do think that they'll see him through uh, at least this rehab uh, and then make a decision after next year. Uh, we'll have a clearer picture of what the roster looks like, especially with any more uh, draft additions this summer. I don't think they take a, a full swing in the free agency market this off season either. Um, so keeping that uh, partially guaranteed deal through till you know two summers from now gives them a little bit more flexibility to come up with some additional money in that summer and then you really have you know basically he's either come back and stayed healthy or he's gone out again or never got back on the floor again from from this setback and then you really know what's going on uh even more at that point yeah, I mean, I can see that viewpoint where it's like the Magic have invested like so much time into Isaac, where it's like you kind of, you know, I could see them writing through it again, especially since they all seem to love him that much. Um, I I had a feeling this injury was going to happen. Well, not this exact injury, but some type of leg injury was going to happen, though. Like his his legs still appeared too skinny, even though he put on like that added muscle, and then he. He has that awful knee knocking type leg stance on his jump shots, which just it, it, I'm not a doctor, but it just looks like it adds unnecessary stress. I I do want to know how specifically he hurt himself. Was it really in that practice in Milwaukee? Like what type of play did it happen on? Did it happen in the Detroit game that he played? Because then he took two full days off because I know there was. I don't know if Kobe Price had reported it, but it, it it seemed to be it had been mentioned somewhere that you know they there was some pain or discomfort with that surgically repaired right hamstring uh, that they were trying to be extra cautious with, and then he comes back and in, in the practice anyway, and he does the you know he has his left adductor kind of issue uh, injury, and so I I would like to know more info on that, obviously. The Magic aren't obligated to say anything. Neither is Isaac. Like, if Isaac's gonna want to share that, then he'll share it. Like, the Magic obviously don't want to share that type of injury stuff to protect themselves, to protect, uh, you know, just the player themselves and that their their privacy. Um, there's just a lot of unanswered questions around it. I mean, Wilhelm will be tipping their hand though, as far as the magic might be going aggressively this off season move wise. If they do wave him, like there's no denying that, but if they don't, if they don't wave him, then you could see the magic kind of kicking the can down the road to next trade deadline or next year before they really go 
all in on a free agency or a trade acquisition, which is frustrating because next season, the magic should be vying for the playoffs. And you can, you can accomplish that with, you know, improvements with your current roster, but, and then, you know, just improving just some of the, some of the, you know, more temporary minor pieces, as far as just improving your three point shooting, getting a bit more older experience wise. Um, I don't know any feedback, any anything you want to push back on me with any of that stuff I said, Penny. Yeah, I mean, I'm still reeling from the fact that you're not a doctor because you've been prescribing me pills all these years. Um, <laughs> Optimism I, pills, right? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I it gives you flexibility if you were to cut ties with them, but I think there's also another avenue. The the biggest thing to me. Uh, not just in terms of the team and looking forward and, and trying to push further into contention is like the the eye test of uh, rebounding uh, and, and failing that miserably lately. And then obviously the shooting, which we've been talking about for years. And uh, Isaac helps with rebounding, not necessarily with shooting. And again, n- can't count on anything from him at all. So it's just a matter of how you want to deploy your dollars. Um this summer trade talk next summer what regardless so uh overall just kind of crappy all the way around but not not totally unexpected which is also crappy fair enough right so all right let's talk games ahead well let's talk standings i guess so the magic are and i've seen people on twitter like yelling at me like don't Talk about the magic, how many games back they are. Like they've already mailed it in or whatever. And I I, I just want to push back on that. So uh I mean, look, there's there's fewer and fewer games remaining in this season, but the magic are five and a half games back of Atlanta in eighth, five games back of Toronto, who's in ninth, four and a half games back of the Wizards that are in tenth, two and a half games back of Chicago, who's in eleventh, and two games back of the Pacers, who are twelfth. It seems like a high mountain to climb, but I- I'm telling you, like some of these teams have could run into some problems in the Magic. There's, I'm pretty optimistic still, man, with these games ahead, and I guess you got to play better and you got to get Wendell and Gary back because clearly we we suck with both of them out. Um, we need some revenge against both Utah and Miami, both against the Jazz when. We should have won that game in Utah in January. And then Miami, uh, I don't want to go down that path when the refs took that ga- last game against the Heat away from us. But uh, we have two big-time revenge games that I want the Magic to come strong in these games like they did against Denver uh, when we beat the Nuggets here uh, as a payback for the January game in Denver that we lost at Jok- on Jokic's game winner. So, you know, also, I mean, we've had two frustrating straight home losses now with – Portland and now tonight against the Bucks. Like you, you got to respond. You got to show some pride. And look, we need to be both Utah and Miami to build up confidence and momentum because we then head out on our last West Road trip of the season. Um, Amway Center is going to be hosting early round March Madness games during that trip. We are over 500 against the West this season. So again, I'm hopeful even for this West trip. You know, you got San Antonio with. The Magic having extra rest going into that game. Uh, that has to be a win for you. Phoenix is going to be very difficult because Kevin Durant's been outstanding for them. 
we got to be, be we got to be wary of the Terrence Ross revenge game, I guess. And then you have a tricky Clippers Lakers Los Angeles back to back. The Clippers they've struggled of late, and that's a Saturday afternoon game. So I think that actually favors the Magic a bit in that regard. Lakers they're fighting to get in the play in. They don't have LeBron. It's all about how we handle Anthony Davis and avoiding a Mo Bamba revenge game. That West road, you know, that West trip can't be worse than two and two, but I think three and one is actually possible. And then you come home and you host the Wizards March 21st. Who knows where they're going to be at that point? And that's who we're chasing at the moment. They're the 10th seed. We can't lose that game. And we also have to beat the Wizards March 31st in DC. But again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because like the Magic got to play better than they have these past few games. And I really don't want to see this Magic fan doom and gloom. Like four and a half games back isn't as horrendous as it feels right now. Like we're in it. We're mathematically in it. We're learning a lot from this play-in chase experience already. Or, Penny, do you think we should tank and secure the fifth worst record in the league? Because I'm going the optimistic viewpoint where you got to fight your ass off and you're going to learn a lot, be it with – Again, Mosley and the coaching staff, even your training athletic staff, and obviously your roster. And you know, you already have your some really solid cornerstones in Paolo and Franz, but you're seeing in these games, especially with you know, guys like Wendell and Gary, uh, you're looking at and seeing how other guys are responding. Like I like how Markel Foltz is fighting tooth and nail. He's still dunking everything in sight. And I think out of all the guards tonight, like Fultz was was our best on uh, on both ends of the floor. You need, you know, Suggs disappointed him even defensively tonight. Cole Anthony, even though he's dropping over 20 points on the bench, he's giving it up to Javon Carter on the other end. But um, I don't know. What are your viewpoints, Penny? Do, do yeah. I stay optimistic or are you in like tank mode? Like some No, no. Are? I mean, yeah. First of all, there's there's no benefit to attempting to tank at this point. You're you're not gonna catch anyone in the bottom you. four. Yeah. Uh, and the West is so tightly packed that there's incentive there for, you know, basically everyone up to 13 to continue to try and win as well. So you're not going to catch anyone there, really. Um, the this season, and we've talked about this from the beginning, probably on every episode, has been playing out pretty much perfectly for the Magic. Uh, there's an opportunity here to be playing uh, playoff like atmosphere games all the way through into April. Uh, certainly, look, you have to you have to win out the rest of the homestand. There's no question about that. Got to get both of those. Uh, if you manage to go two and two on the West Coast swing here and then come back and beat the Wizards, that takes you all the way through March 21st, where you're still in the conversation for the play-in, uh, for sure. So... The, the experience here is invaluable across the board, specifically for both Paolo and Franz uh, and whoever else, Wendell, that can get healthy and, and get these reps as well. But there's there's no benefit to tank. The, the biggest thing that I've been keeping my eye on all season uh, is Chicago staying out of the 10th spot and and landing somewhere 11 or 12 that's if you're if you're looking for the tank and you're hoping for that then harness all that energy and put it on chicago not uh sneaking into the play in themselves yeah look i mean right now magic have still they've, they've been stuck on the fifth worst record in the league for months now and we have a 42.1 percent chance of jumping into the top four that's pretty good odds and then a 10 and a half percent chance to jump 
into, you know, to jump to the number one pick overall. Like, that's not bad, you know, from where we're at right now. Look at the Bulls. They're, you know, two and a half games ahead of us right now, but they have the seventh worst record in the league. And as long as that stays out of the top four, that's our pick. And if the Magic end up getting a top four pick plus, you know, we'll say the Bulls stay at seventh at the moment, like that's pretty freaking great to deal with from a power position going into the draft or going into offseason talks. And you have a lot of flexibility of doing anything you want from a roster perspective at that point. But, I mean, you look at Chicago, again, seventh worst record. They have just a 31.9% chance of, of jumping into the top four. Like, so they, they basically have, you know, a one third chance of jumping in there. Seven and a half percent chance again, the number one pick. So not, not amazing, not horrible, but it's, you know, the, the odds, you like your odds of the bulls not jumping into the top four at the moment. So, but Anything else before we get out of here, Penny? Like, you know, you 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 pretty much summer, summarized it pretty well as far as just don't tank, play it out. I kind of view this like how we like when we had Dwight and Jameer in like their second and third years in the league, basically, where it's like, you know, the team's not good right now, but you see that upward trajectory, whether we keep the same coaching staff or not, whether a bunch of pieces and players around them change and get swapped out. But like you like the upward trajectory. This is this is a team that you can see, gra- you know, finishing maybe like 36 and 46 or something and then getting another piece and coming back next year and growing collectively internally and pushing for 50 wins. Like, I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, so take advantage of everything that you're learning this year, put it into practice next year with a, a tweaked and improved roster and some internal uh you know additional growth uh i think the future's bright i think that the season again as we've said has has gone about as well as it can go uh and if we play our cards right might get lucky in the draft again too amen buddy all right please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating it helps our podcast ranking a lot tweet us any of your questions and feedback penny what's your twitter handle at spencer strode And I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic.